Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you, and most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. This might be the most vulnerable conversation I've ever had since I started this podcast. Today, my friend and owner and founder of Tough Girl Fitness in Hamden, Connecticut, came into my studio in person to have a conversation. And when we started, I actually really didn't know what we were even going to talk about. I didn't have anything prepared. We just sat down and chatted. And this one was a doozy. It had both of us feeling all kinds of things. It was the most real and open and vulnerable conversation I've had in a really long time. So I'm excited for you to hear it. I think it's going to resonate with you. I think we all need to have these conversations every once in a while. So let's jump in and let me introduce you to my friend, Krista Doran. All right. So I am doing something really different today and I have a guest in studio. That sounds like so fancy in studio. (laughs) It is fancy. We're just in a room (laughs) with the backdrop and that's it. So I'm here with Krista. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. I feel like this is so long overdue. And we had a conversation Mm pre-COVID. I remember doing this and you started having conversations amongst women and business owners to like be really real and authentic. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like that's where we should start it and we should Great. take it up because you are the queen of authenticity. Oh, thank you. So, I'll, I'll wear that label. <laughs> and it's a good one. And so let's start. So it, cr- you own a, a, a crazy successful gym in town. Um, you have a huge community of women. Mm-hmm. You are like, your your most hated statement is like let's get beach ready and bikini ready and it's yeah. like you know like all of that stuff so you are like you speak talk walk the whole body positivity in a real way yeah. so you just recently sent an email out about new year's resolutions and like all of the hustle and like mm-hmm. doing all of these things so let's start there like what was the inspiration for this email that was kind of the opposite of what everyone else sends out yeah. in january Yeah. Well, I've always sort of swam the other direction in the fitness industry. It's really hard to do because people think you're nuts or they want to buy what everyone else is selling, which is diets and losing weight. And I've never done that. So that's a struggle, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I was so sick of the messaging on Instagram, on TV, the ads for weight loss, the ads for changing your body to become happier, right? It's this illusion that when we change our body to this certain thing, we'll be happy. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a lie that the billion dollar industry Mm -hmm. sells you. Um, but also like we've coming up a really hard couple years. And so people get really discouraged when they feel like they can't set a goal or they don't want to set a goal or they're Mm -hmm. unmotivated. You know, morale is low, (laughs) right now. It's also, we live in Connecticut. It's the middle of the winter. It's the the worst time for change. Like Mm -hmm. bears hibernate. We should be more like the bears. Stockpile our food, cozy up, stay inside Mm -hmm. and rest. But this is the time of year. People use this new year as an opportunity or a marketing money-making opportunity Mm -hmm. to get people to create change. And I believe change can happen whenever. You don't need a new year to do it. 
although that's the messaging, you can do, you can create change whenever you want. You don't yeah. have to wait for New Year. And that's how I live my life. I want to change something. I change. I, I right. create the plan, change the actions, change the habits that eventually change the behavior, right? So, so it's really discouraging, you know, and I, and I had an interesting conversation. I was getting cupcakes for my 14-year-old daughter's birthday. She's now 14. And somebody's like, Krista, every day this happens. Krista, you're Krista, right? You own Tough Girl. And I never know what's going to follow. But some this woman said, I need to get back there. I loved it. I need to get back there. And I said, why don't you commit to one time this month? And her eyes went wide. And she was like, what? I was like, set the bar as low as you can. What's the lowest you can set the bar to achieve and accomplish mm-hmm. something? One, can you do one time a month? She looked at her friend. She's like, we can do one time a month. Like, great. And then do two times a month and then do four times a month. And once you achieve those goals, then layer it on. But don't start saying you're going to go to the gym three days a week. Yeah. Start saying you're going to go once a month. Yeah. So you can have this, you know, I think it's also these, these goals are so big mm-hmm. and they're crippling to people. Yeah. And so the people feel are, are worse than they already do. Yeah. And no change happens. And it's, it's like this all or nothing mentality. If right. I'm not doing all of it at full speed, at warp speed, 100%, then I shouldn't do any of it. And this is the go hard, go home mentality of the I fitness know. industry that I loathe, yeah. that I want to like shake and smash. It's like, yeah. show up and bring what you can and let it be enough. And that's how we operate at Tough Girl. It's like, yeah. you show up, I don't care what version of yourself shows up, just show up. Crawl yeah. through the workout if you need to, but you're going to leave a little bit better. Yeah. And you have reinforced that habit of, Movement is important. My health is important. My mental health is important. Yeah. Right? I mean, isn't that like, it's in the way like I function, if I'm not, if I'm not moving and paying attention to nutrition to some extent in like in a, in a, you know, it's, it's some level of paying attention and eating relatively well, then I feel like crap. Yeah. And then that impacts my mental clarity. It impacts how I show up in my marriage. It impacts mm-hmm. like the mood that I'm in. It impacts everything. So I like that starts everything for me. Like yeah. my productivity stems from how I actually feel in my body. And if I feel like crap, you're getting the worst version of me. Yeah. It's this positive or negative domino effect. Yeah. Right. When you accomplish something and you feel good in your body, yeah. in your mind, in your spirit, the better version of you shows up and you can do that's right. All of your roles are better. I mean, and that impacts life too, right? Yeah. And, and everything. I'm going into 2023. Usually I'm like the 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 go hard, go like that's mm-hmm. just up it's how I operate. Mm-hmm. But well, how we were taught to operate too. Uh, true. Oh. Oh yeah. That you just called me out. <laughs> <laughs> we were taught that the grind, right. glorify the grind. Yes. Like right. you would brag about how hard yes. you worked, how little sleep you got, yeah. how many hours you worked and how little you rested and played. Yeah. But that doesn't feel good. No, no. And that was the past two years. Like if I'm being totally honest, I have hustled and grinded for two years and I ended 2022 exhausted and burnt out. And I said, going into 2023, I'm not doing that. My, my word of the year was joy, which my words were were always like elevate and like conquer. And I'm like, it's joy. And if it's not bringing me joy, then I'm not doing it. Or I'm going to say no. And I started to say no to a lot of things and creating that time and space for fun. I'm like, when did I not become a fun person? Play play is important. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I haven't how old played, you are. I haven't played in, in probably years because I was so like hyper-focused and that is, I mean, I guess that leads us to the next conversation. You're a business owner, you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur and it's hard for entrepreneurs to play. It's yeah. hard for us to disconnect from our business. So do you do that? Well, I do it now. Well, um, I didn't used to, you know, yeah. I was, I was the stereotypical woman who felt like she had to prove something. Yeah. Mom of three, busy, little kids, business, my worst enemy. Like I had to be perfect. I had yeah. to put on the face. I had to work really hard. I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was unhappy. I remember like literally breaking down in front of my husband every single week crying on the floor because I didn't ask for help yeah. and I didn't set good boundaries and I didn't prioritize myself. And I have so many regrets you know, you know my story. I know. My daughter Leah died when she was I six. I wish, I thought I would have more years with her. And this is like a weird, crazy story, right? Most people will never have this kind of trauma and yeah. this kind of grief in their life. And I did. And it taught me a really valuable lesson, which is, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Yeah. I am going to live this day the way yeah. I want to live it. And so that it feels good to me. And that meant asking for help. Even though people that I was hiring weren't doing it the way I was doing it, it was good. And I had to let go of that control. I'm a control freak. You know, know. we're very similar. And I feel like a lot of women who own businesses are very similar. They're type A, they're rigid, they're regimented, and that's why they're successful. But my success was also my demise because I was unhappy. I was miserable. So when my hands were tied and I had to relinquish control and I had to trust my team and I had to let, you know, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Yeah. It was good and things were working and I was happier. And so now I have really, really mastered the art of saying no and setting boundaries and allowing myself to be lazy. Like we vilified the word yeah. lazy. I love being lazy. Yeah. I love sitting on the couch on Sunday for a full day and binge watch. I binge watched the entire Wednesday series in one day. And I read an entire book in one day. And I would never do that because I'd be thinking, I need to do the laundry. I need to clean my house. There's Uh dishes in the sink. I have to send this email out. I should be writing this. I should be programming this. I should be. And now I just say, no, I also deserve to rest and feel good in my body. And you know what? I show up better for my family. You know, Leah did not get the best version of me for the six years she was here. I can't take those, those hours, those years back, but I can do it differently for husband, my kids, my friends, you know, I really prioritize my friends and my, my people now. And that's, what's the most important thing. Like when I'm in my coffin, whenever that is, nobody's going to be like, she really, she worked 80 hours a week. They're going to remember the fun we had, the joy we had and the way I made them feel. And that's what I want for myself and my legacy. Not she worked really hard. She grinded. She had six pack abs. Nobody cares if I have six pack abs or not. But yet those are the expectations we put on ourselves. This message is for the dreamers, doers, and goal getters out there. The She Who Wins Summit, a live event experience, is coming to Connecticut on April 28th and 29th, 2023. It's time to supercharge your soul so you can show up even more powerfully in your life, in your relationships, and in your business and career. Learn more at shewhowins.com. So let's talk. We're sitting here and like, you got me all emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Have that effect on people. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's okay. Um, But let's talk about that because you went through something that like it it is, it's gut wrenching to think Mm. about and to like 
survive and come out mm. on the other side, but yet you sit here and you continue to show up every single day. I mean, let's let's talk about Leah. Like what, if you can just share a little bit of the story behind it and what you went through, because that version that you are today is because of what you went through and the worst way possible. And I hate that. You know, I hate that this version of myself that I love the most, that is like the most evolved and like loving came out of something so horrific, like your nightmares, right? As a a mom, you know that that is your nightmare. That was my worst fear. And, you know, I think a couple things got me through that and get me through it because it's a grief is not, she's, you know, we're coming up on in May, it will be five years that she's been dead. Yeah. And five of the worst, darkest, most awful years of my life. And I learned a lot about myself. So Leah had a brain tumor called DIPG, just to give people some background. Um, She was acting weird. I took her to the doctor. They gave her a brain scan, the MRI. They found a tumor and they sat us down and said, your daughter has nine months to live. Maybe if she's lucky, there's no treatment, there's no cure. You know, out of nowhere, you know, out of nowhere. And you learn a lot about what's important to you and how your time has value like none other when it's limited. And I learned the value of my time. It's our most valuable resources, our time and how we spend it is really important. And so we spent nine months loving her and supporting her and watching her waste away in front of us. She died. I wanted to die with her. Like I would, I wasn't suicidal, but I understood suicide. And I would think like, if I would just someone would just kill me right now in the car, then I wouldn't have to feel this pain. But I had loving friends and family and I had um, strength that I built in the gym, that resilience that I built from doing hard things, from being able to be uncomfortable and sit in the discomfort. As you know, you're an athlete and when the weight is heavy, you have to be, you have to get tighter and push through it. And I knew how to do that. And so I just kept getting up day after day. And some days it was all I could do to take a shower. Mm. And I would say, I don't have to do this day again. I'm just going to try again tomorrow. And months, days turned into months, months turned into year. And here I am. I still have really dark days. Um, I want to be here now, which is really great that I I can come out of that darkness that, where I didn't want to live. Yeah. Um, but I have this new purpose. And I, you know, the missing never goes away. The longing never goes away. The pain of losing your child never goes away. It's um, it's a loss, they say, like none other. And I'm going to have to take that with me forever. But I can't do it differently, right? It is what it is. It happened. I have a choice in how I finish my life out, however many years that is. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it with, in a way that feels good to me. I'm going to, she taught me joy and bravery like nobody else did. And I'm going to honor her with my joy. And she was my child that I have, I had, I have three kids and she was the middle and Kira and Livia are very similar. They are very fast, very competitive. And Leah was my slow, Mm -hmm. gentle, loving soul that soaked in the moment. And I try to live every day more like that because of her, because that's beautiful. When she could just look at the sky around her and soak in nature, she'd be like, look at the birds, mom. I didn't even look look at the birds because I was too focused on what was next. So how, how do we be more in the moment? She taught me how to do that. And I honor her life and her love by doing that. How do you, how did you, it's been five years and it's such a journey on those dark days, what did you do to mm-hmm. lift yourself up? Because like all I could think about, and as I watched you go through this journey and I would say to myself, 
I don't think I would get out of bed mm. for weeks or for months. Like, I don't think I would be able to handle it the way you did. Like, how were you able to do that? Or were you just a robot thinking that like, eventually you'll feel if you just keep moving? I, well, thankfully I have, I had two other children that needed me yeah. and they helped me show up, but those years are really blurry. You know, yeah. I, I drank a lot. Um, and I used things to sleep at night, mm. but exercise and being with my people tethered me to like being present as much as I could. And there were days that I didn't do much and I would just literally sit in the pit, mm. like learning how to sit in yeah. mud is really hard because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It hurts. Yep. It's miserable, but it's possible. Like people are resilient. People yeah. have been through things way worse than I have. Mm -hmm. Right. And they've come out the other side of it. And I don't know. I mean, I don't, I mean, you've got <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty damn bad. It's bad. Yes. And I'm you not know? discounting it and it, it's horrible, but I look at like what people have endured through the course of their lives and lo losing their entire family. Yeah. And I think like we're resilient. We just haven't had to face it yet. And I hope nobody has, has to face this again, right? This yeah. is something that unfortunately is a tragedy of being human, but we're resilient. And I hate that word, but it's true. Like we can, I remember when Sandy Hook happened and a friend of mine was a, she was a, um, a mental health worker and she was the one going to the parents' houses and she came to my house after and I was like, nope, I could never do that. I would kill myself. Yeah. And three years later, Leah died. And I remember thinking like, all right, I have a choice now. Like I'm, I thought I would never be able to handle this and here I am and it's ugly and it's messy and it's awful and it's hard and I hate it and I don't want to do it and I don't want to live the rest of my life with this yeah. pain, but what's the alternative? You know, the alternative is ending your life, which wasn't a choice for me. I have kids, I had a husband, yeah. I had purpose, I had people, I loved my work. So you forge on, but it looks messy and it looks yeah. ugly and people don't want to hear that. They don't want to see that. And there was friends of mine who couldn't handle my messy and my ugly. Yeah. They couldn't handle me ugly crying every day for a year, you know, and yeah. they didn't come around as much. They didn't they would send a text, but I wouldn't see them. And I had friends who sat with me, just sat with me and let me sob and let me moan and let me wail. And they showed up even though it was uncomfortable for them, yeah. even though they knew Leah and they had kids, they still showed up for me. And that's really what a testament like to people and their love and how it gets you through. I mean, isn't that like, and I'm sure you saw this all over the, the during that time is people's discomfort with mm -hmm. other people's mm -hmm. pain comes out mm -hmm. in a different way way. And I remember you talking about that. I remember you writing about it. And it's like people don't know how to respond. And whether it's someone going through a divorce or loss or whatever it is, yeah. like what what was really helpful for you for someone like, like, did, could someone say something? Because I would imagine the worst thing that something someone could say is, it's been said, oh, you know, when my like yes. in giving their experience, like, oh, you know, it, but I'm sure it happened, right? The worst things you couldn't even imagine that things people yeah. said. Everything happens for a reason. Oh, I know exactly one. how you feel, what you're going through. She's in a better place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God only chooses his strongest warriors mm -hmm. to deal with the hardest pain. What is the most comforting to me, and grief is different for everybody, is when people can just sit with you in it. Yeah. People want to fix it. That's why yeah. it's uncomfortable. They want to right. make it better. And you can't make it better. Yeah. You can't bring her back. You can't make it better. What you can do is bear witness. Right? I talk about that yeah. a lot. Like bearing witness to somebody's pain, which is uncomfortable for the other person, which is why they don't do it well. Yeah. But it's not about them. 
And so when you sit with somebody in pain, you just give them, you make space for them to be whatever they would be and process and feel and express. And you don't try to fix it, but you support them with your love. Because the worst, the only thing worse than going through that is going through it alone. Yeah. And I didn't have to do that. I had my husband, I had my other two two children, I had family and I had friends. So the only thing I could imagine being worse is not having people to stand by me, to bear witness, to come over um, and make me laugh and be, just be with me and not run away from the, the trauma. I remember showing up at the gym one day and I felt like I like stuck my foot in my mouth where I just asked like, oh, how are you? And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh my God, that's the stupidest question ever. Of course she's shitty, you know? And it was like, you just like, it rolls off your tongue right. just to ask like, oh, how are you? Right. you know? And it's like, it's it's so hard on the other side of like, what is the right response to help someone? And, and probably nothing because you really can't help them. So there is a couple things I'll say to that, that, that I use now is how is today for you? Cause it allows somebody to show up differently day to day. Cause one day you might be good. Like today I'm good. Yeah. Tomorrow I might be terrible, but it allows people to answer how they yeah. are. The yeah. other thing is it's nice to see you. Yeah. So I don't ever ask how somebody is anymore. Yeah. I'll say, how's today for you? Mm-hmm. How have the last few hours been for you? I haven't seen you in a few weeks. How have the last few weeks been for you? And right. it allows them to say, really hard. Everyone in my family has been sick and I have this injury and, or nice yeah. to see you. Cause everyone likes to hear that. <laughs> right. 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 I know. I know. So this, you're a changed person as you sit here because, yeah. because of that. And, 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 you know, probably you would never ever want anyone to go through that or ever go through it again or, or choose to not have that been your journey. But what's mm-hmm. the lesson that you, you actually took from it and apply to your life? That only I can, a couple things. One of them is, you know, living in the moment and being present in every day and giving my best to every day. And my best is like, some days it's up here and some days it's down here. It's all enough and it's all good enough and I'm good enough. But, and I'm allowed to show up different. I don't have I to show that. up a, a 10 out of 10. I can show up a one out of 10 and I'm so yeah. worthy of love and respect, self-love and respect and respect and love mm-hmm. from other people. Um, and the other thing is like, I have to decide what success looks like right? Like it, for me, it doesn't look like three gyms. It doesn't look like a million dollars. It doesn't look like, um, I'm just trying to think of other things, uh, Instagram followers Mm -hmm. or a podcast or a book, or like, I had to define that for myself because all the things I had to do for my work would reflect back to this thing that I wanted or, or thought I wanted because society told me, or people told me you should have this, you should write a book, you should have a podcast, you should have a, um, virtual platform. You're so great. Like I am great. But I also don't want that. Like, <laughs> right. I don't want to work that hard. Yeah. What do I love? I love coaching people in person. Yeah. I love not working 80 hours a week anymore. Yeah. I love working 40 hours a week. I love seeing my kids every night. I love sleeping. I love reading. Those are, that's what I want. So I think that along with slowing down, it also said like, how do I want to live the rest of my days? Rested. Yeah. The martyred mom is not a good look. Mm-hmm. And I was that. Yeah. And I don't want to be that. I don't want my kids to see that version of what a mom looks like in the event that their mom someday. I want to show up rested and joyful and be able to laugh and be present and have fun. And I, you know, I hired somebody to do my social media. I could do it. I have the time. I don't want to do it. Yeah. It makes me feel bad inside when I'm online that much. Yeah. And so I hired somebody. I have the time. Mm-hmm. I can write. I can post a picture. 
but I didn't want to do it. So I outsourced it. That feels really great. Yeah. You know, saying no to things, setting boundaries. Like Mm. I had to do that when Leah was sick because every second with her was so valuable. I knew I had the time, the clock was ticking. The sand in the hourglass was running out. And I only said yes to the most important things. And then after she died, I didn't want to do anything or see anyone. But then when I reemerged, I was like, well, I get to pick and choose what I say yes to. So no more saying yes out of obligation. You know, when you asked me to do this thing, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to support women. I want to tell my story and maybe it will help one person change one thing that leads to great things in their life. That's what I want to do. That's where I want to spend my time. My most valuable resource is just doing the things that light me up and that feel good. You know, like how do I make the most money working the least? Yeah. I mean, and that's, if we're being honest, that's what we all want. Yeah. Like, that's the truth right there. Who wants to work 80 hours a week? Like, no one. We've been sold this lie, right? Like, we've been sold this lie that that's what we have to do. I love the perspective of, like, even though you can and maybe should, I hate the word should, but even though you can and and maybe will have extreme success by doing all of the things, you get to choose not to do them. Yeah. And that's a, let me just say, that's a privilege that I have because we now have resources. When we started the business, there's, you have to grind, right? right? There is a time when you have, in a place when you have to grind. I'm 14 years in. If I grind now, it's because of a choice. And we ground over COVID. And I, it depleted me. I was coming off Leah's death. We were smashed right into COVID. I felt like I had been in a tornado. No wonder I was exhausted and depleted. And I was like, no more. I'm not doing it anymore. The business is back. We're making money again. I have a choice now. And I'm going to choose not to grind. Mm, I love that. And that's, I mean, that's so much part of after two years of grinding of where I landed too, is like exhausted. It's just tired, right? Like tired, even the social media stuff. Like I had, you and I had talked about this a couple of years ago. Like I hired someone to do my social media and then I'm like, well, this is a stupid waste of money. And so (laughs) I'm going to stop that and I'm going to do it when it feels right. And if I don't show up for a week, I'm not going to. And sometimes like, you know, days go by where I don't even open it. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care, you know, like really what impact does it have? Because I'd rather spend the time doing something and spending time with some with people in my life and having experiences than like sitting there with my phone open and, you know, scrolling. So it's so I mean, it's so important, especially like in this in a lot of the listeners are entrepreneurs in in type A and doers and achievers mm-hmm. and goal getters and all of those things. And you feel like you watch everyone else. And you're like, I have to hurry up and get there. I have right. to be, I have to do the same thing they're doing. And I think at some point everyone crashes mm. and they're like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Or I'm tired. Or like, what is it all for? And I said that to Jay yeah. recently. I'm like, what am I doing all this for? Like, what's the point? Mm. And, and, you know, it's that realization of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, uh, if, if it's, if it feels good and it feels right and it's connection and it's like authentic, then I'm going to do it. But otherwise I'm not just because it's a box that I'm supposed to check. And it's so easy to get to play the comparison game with it all out there. Yeah. And remember, all of it is people's highlights because you never saw the version yeah. of me on the floor sobbing because I was exhausted mm-hmm. and beat down and mm-hmm. run down and f- never feeling like enough despite giving it all that mm-hmm. I had. You didn't see that version, right? So what you're seeing, you know, we're comparing our lives, which are up and down to people's highlight reels. We're thinking we're not enough. And then we're measuring it with their measuring stick. Like, what's your measuring stick? Right. Measure success based on your measuring stick. My measure of success is not a million dollar business. It's not. Could I have that? Yes. 
Do I want to do the things that I need to do to get there? No, (laughs) I do not because it's going to come at a cost and I'm not willing to pay the price because it's me. I pay it's I'm the price, right? I'm the price and I'm the most important thing. I always tell women this, like you're the most important thing because without you, nothing else operates. Like if you don't prioritize yourself, nobody's going to help you do that. Nobody, you have to care about yourself more than anybody and you have to prioritize yourself. And if you don't, everyone suffers, right? You want to be a great mom, but you think you're doing that by not going to the gym, which you know feels good or not going out with your friends, you know, that feels good. Like, no, they're suffering because they're not seeing the best version of you. I have, I have friends who, and it breaks my heart to watch them come up with excuse after excuse. And if they're listening, I'm calling you out and I love you. <laughs> no, let's and we need people dinner. like that to call us out on our bullshit. <laughs> but it's excuse after excuse as to why they can't do whatever it is, why they can't mm-hmm. go away for a weekend with girls or like uh, even at night. And it's, and it's because they have all of these things, these obligations, these tasks. And it's so heartbreaking to me because I'm like, how do you how do you show up as your best version? How do you model to your sons and daughters who you want them to be if what they're seeing from you is the exhausted, irritable, unhealthy version. And and, and also so- what about your pleasure and your fun and your yeah. play? Yeah. That's important. Yeah. We don't I don't need to be with my kids every second of the day. You know, they are cared for. They are loved. They're older mm-hmm. now, but I go away all the time with my friends now. I never used to do that. Um, I always had, just like you were saying, like, that was me. I never used to go away because I had to work. I had to be with the kids. You know, my husband's very capable. He doesn't care when I go away. It's me. It was me. And now we go away on couples trips. We go away with girls. I'll go away for a night. I'm always looking for a chance to go away because fun and play is important. Like, why are we going to do all the other stuff if we don't get to have fun and laugh and play and enjoy? So prioritizing play, I think, is really important for your joy. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see that? So you have a, a massive community of women. Do you see that it's a it's a common theme amongst women is not taking care of themselves, yeah. not giving themselves the time? Like, do you hear that? Do they yes. speak those words? They do. And hopefully we're, we're helping them think about things a little bit differently to shift yeah. that. But yes, I hear it all the time. I won't see people for months. And they're like, oh, my kids have been busy. Well, you're in charge. Yeah. If you put your kids in five sports... Yeah. And then you tell me that you don't have time for yourself. That's your fault. Yeah. So I'm calling you out. <laughs> I just pointed out the microphone. They yeah. can't see me. But like, that's your fault because yeah. I make the choices. I have a 14-year-old now. She's going into high school. She doesn't get to play three sports. She yeah. plays one sport. Yeah. One I'm- sport. Because I said you can't do three things because I am not going to dedicate my life to being your driver. So important. Now, oh my God, not everyone's yeah. going to make that choice. And there's a consequence that comes with it. I yeah. love being home with them a couple nights a week. I love not having our weekends completely driven yes. by sports. And there are some weekends that are like that. Um, and there are some that aren't because she plays one sport. Yeah. And Kira plays one sport. One sport a season. That's what you get. And, and you know what? And that's, and I think like as parents, you think like if I don't have my kids signed up for the travel mm-hmm. team for all of these extra leagues, then I'm, I'm like you know, limiting their potential. And at the end, so my kid's 17 now. Ah. He grew up, I know, right? He grew up in all of the sports, baseball, like baseball, 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 all the weekends, all the tournaments. And now he's at the point, he's like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done with baseball. I don't want to do that. And it's like, oh, and so now we have our weekends back. I'm like all of those years, like pushing, pushing, pushing for what? 
not because he loved it. It's one thing if you have a kid who's like, oh my God, this is my passion. Right. But doing it just because all the other kids are doing it and all the other parents are pushing their kids. I'm like, oh my God, all those weekends that we lost running around, you know, doing the tournaments and the sports when we could have been doing stuff and, and connecting and doing something. And playing. Fun and playing. And resting. Yeah. And being lazy. Yeah. Because as a mom of girls, it's really important for me to teach them play mm-hmm. and rest and boundaries. And, yeah. you know, and if I schedule them every second of the day, I'm teaching them the exact opposite thing that I want to be teaching them. The exact opposite thing that it took me 43 years to unlearn, which is I always have to be doing and going and bringing it and lit up and like, no, I don't. I had last weekend. So we go up skiing in Vermont in the winters. And on Saturday, it was our first ski day. And I had all my gear. I was like all set up to spend a whole day on the slopes. (laughs) And I was about two hours into it. And I was sitting in the lodge. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm cold. I'm like, this person almost cut me off. I'm not having fun. My toes are numb. I'm like, I'm done. And I went back and sat and read my book in front of the fireplace the entire day. And for a moment, I was like, I really should be out there. I'm like, no, I should not be out there. I'm like, I need rest. Yeah, I like went out there and I decided it wasn't for me today. And it was like just making people with like the play of it and just like the fun of like just chilling out and being lazy. Yeah. And, like I totally enjoyed that. We're going up this weekend and I'm like, we're doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, I'll go out for an hour and then I'm going to sit there and read my my book the rest of the weekend. And that's what a successful ski vacation looks like to you. Right. So somebody else might be skiing eight hours, but to you and yeah. to me actually, yeah. one hour of skiing and then a warm <laughs> fire in a book. That uh-huh. sounds really yeah. good. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> All right. So, oh my God, it's already a half hour. How did that happen? So I feel like this is the most important podcast episode I've ever created. So wow, I thought I even it might be like the title, like, but seriously, <laughs> I mean, maybe because it's just being in person is, is so different too, but the, the conversations are so freaking real. And like, yeah. it, it's, it's so important. And if, you know, anyone listening can't take from like, whatever your struggle is, whatever you think like is the worst thing in the world that you're going through, like, it's not. You know, it's not because listening to you and what you've gone through and what you've risen from, like, if that is not inspiring, like, I don't know what is. It's incredible. So, well, thank you. Thank you for being here. But I will say, like, some people's 10 look different than mine. You know, my 10 is losing Leah. Somebody's 10 might be losing their pet. And Mm -hmm. all the 10s are valid. And I don't want to hear about your loss of your pet. Yeah. Right. Don't tell me that, but there's somebody out there. Oh yes. Oh God. But there's somebody out there who can sit with you with the loss of your pet, which is a big deal. Like pets are our people and they they give us love. And that might be the worst thing that you've, that's the worst grief you've ever felt. And that is hard and valid. And you should be able to feel all of those things and, and sit in your, I hope you have people that sit in your pain. Um, and I hope you have things that help move the needle. Like what, what three things on my darkest day can I do to move the needle? And I know those three, right? It's sit in this mud, it's exercise, and it's a, it's a nice cold shower. And those three things help me feel 1% better. And sometimes 1% is like all you're going to get. Yeah. And, and that's it has all to be need. enough. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you are, you're speaking at the She Who Summit. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. So um, if anyone wants to come and hear more from Krista, you have to join us. Uh, <laughs> Please she'll be running join a, us. Running a workshop. So 
my final, I have two questions for you. One of them is, is where do we find you on social media? You will not, <laughs> she will not be there, but you can find her. Maybe. Right. I, you'll maybe see a few random posts because I don't post stuff. I don't want to because I should anymore. Um, you can find me at Krista Doran, C-H-R-I-S-T-A Doran. And then you could find my gym, my business at, at Tuff. Spelled incorrectly, as somebody pointed out to me a long time ago. T U F F, girl strong. Uh, that's our that's our social platforms. That's awesome. Um, I had someone once like our I for I was like on this thing where everything had to be lowercase, and someone's like, you know, you have a typo. It's lowercase. I'm like, that was the point. <laughs> You're ruining my creative, my, my creative. I love when people do delivery. That. Yeah. All right. So final question that I ask everyone: What does winning mean to you? Oh. <sighs> uh, that's such a great question. Um, winning means peace and content in myself and the ability to show up as the best version of myself and let whatever happens that day be enough. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some days it's with my family, some days it's at work, some days it's with my friends, but they all deserve the best version of me. Whatever that is, is enough. And some days, you know, I'm bubbles and rainbows and some mm-hmm. days I'm storm clouds. Yeah. But it's enough. And so I just want to move through life in a way that feels good to me. I don't want to be held to other people's standards and expectations. I don't want to worry about what other people think about me anymore. Mm. That feels so liberating to just yeah. focus on my people and what do they think about me? You know, the people that matter to me, what do they think? Not some troll on the internet who's yeah. being brave behind their keyboard. Mm-hmm. What do the people around me think about me? Am I showing up in really real, authentic, loving ways for them? Do I have space for them? Am I finding joy? And am I rested? I love that. It's the best answer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Renee. That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time, and remember, she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. She who wins.